If you would this afternoon, open your Bible to the book of Daniel, the third chapter. You will not be getting any prophecy from me this morning, this afternoon. I am not going to try to explain anything to you prophetically this afternoon. That is not my forte at this point in my life. But I do want us to consider the three Hebrew children, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I want us to look at the response, their attitude, their determination, and the things that befell them while they were dealing with their captivity. I want to begin our reading this afternoon with the book of Daniel chapter 3, verses 1 through 7, and then we'll pick up at verse 12 and read down to including verse 18. But before we do, let's go to the Lord in word of prayer again. Our God and our Father, is again our great pleasure to be enabled to spend time with your people to be uplifted, to be encouraged, to be comforted, to be father made to realize and to draw strength from others, from their compassion, their love, their commitment. I thank you, Father, for this assembly whether it come to mean to me. And I ask that you would bless them and their pastor in the time that you yet have them here in this place. It might even please you, Father, to grow them as it seems good unto you. Father, we're dependent on you for all things. We do not know the end from the beginning. We do not know the next five minutes. But Father, you know eternity. May we rest in that knowledge that nothing takes you by accident. You never sleep. You never rest. You never grow weary. Be merciful, Father, and forgiving. We do need your mercy. We do need your forgiveness. And may we acknowledge that we understand and know and praise you because our forgiveness secured unto us by the Lord Jesus Christ. May we always be desirous to serve him as is good unto you. For Christ's sake, amen. Again, Daniel chapter 3, verses 1 through 7 and 12 through 18. Nebuchadnezzar, the king, made an image of gold whose height was three store cubits, and the breadth thereof six cubits. He set it up in the plain of Dura, in the province of Babylon. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king sent to gather together the princes, the governors, and the captains, the judges, the treasurers, the counselors, the sheriffs, and all the rulers of the provinces 
to come to the dedication of the image which Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Then the princes, the governors, the captains, the judges, the treasurers, the counselors, the sheriffs, and all the rulers of the provinces were gathered together unto the dedication of the image that Nebuchadnezzar, the king, had set up. And they stood before the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Then a herald cried aloud, To you it is commanded, O people, nations, and languages, that at what time ye hear the sound of the cornet, the flute, the harp, the sackbut, the psaltery, the dulcimer, and all kinds of music, you fall down and worship the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king hath set up. And whoso falleth not down and worshipeth till the same hour be cast in the midst of a burning fiery furnace. Therefore at this time when all the people heard the sound of the cornet, the flute, the harp, the sackbut, the psaltery, and all kinds of music, all the people, the nations, and the languages fell down and worshipped the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar, the king, had set up. Now verse 12 through 18. There are certain Jews whom thou hast set up are set over the affairs of the provinces of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have not regarded thee. They serve not thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. The Nebuchadnezzar, in his rage and fury, commanded to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar spake and said unto them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Do not ye serve my gods, nor worship my golden image, which I have set up. Now, if you be ready, at what time you hear the sound of the cornet, the flute, the harp, the sackbut, the psaltery, and dulcimer, and all kinds of music, you fall down and worship the image which I have made well. But if ye worship not, you should be cast the same hour into the midst of the burning fiery furnace and who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego answered and said to the king O Nebuchadnezzar we are not careful to answer thee in this matter if it be so our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning furnace, burning fiery furnace. And he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. But if not, 
be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Nebuchadnezzar thought quite a bit of himself. He thought quite a bit of the image that he had determined to be set up in the plains of Dura. And he expected everyone to pay homage to him through that image. And these three Hebrew children that were in Babylon during a period of captivity determined they would not do so. And I want us to consider this afternoon how these three men typified what the believer today should be, should do, should think, and how they should conduct themselves. We're not going to read the decree again, but let's consider. When you hear this music, you fall down and you worship this hunk of gold that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. It wasn't a hunk of gold that came up out of the ground in this shape, in this form, whatever it was. Nebuchadnezzar had it made. He had it made. He had it set up. He had it secured in place. All of this speaks to the fact that this was an idol. But Nebuchadnezzar expected everyone to pay homage to this idol that he had set up. And in so doing, they're giving and granting reverence, obedience, and worshiping even him himself. But this was the decree of Nebuchadnezzar. Worship the idol that I have set up. That kind of sums it all up. I set up this idol. You want peace with me? You worship this idol. And it will all be well with you. In fact, he told Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, if you do this, it will be well. Because it had been reported to him, previous to verse 12, that these people aren't doing what you want them to do, Nebuchadnezzar. He was told there were people that were not worshiping this idol. He told Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, if you will just, look, you haven't got to mean it. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of adding, kind of adding to his words or kind of filling in what I think the blanks were. You don't really have to mean it. Just do it. Show yourself obedient to me and my directives. It'll be well with you. Okay, you have your God. Don't show him outwardly. Show reverence to my idol. That you do openly. But those are some other decrees given previous to Nebuchadnezzar.
in Genesis, I'm sorry, in Exodus chapter 20 and verse 3, there is a commandment given, one of ten that God gave. And in that third commandment, you find these words Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Well, who is me? Look at verse 1 and 2. And God spake all these words, saying, I am the Lord thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the land of the house of bondage. Thou shalt have no other God before me. I am the Lord thy God. I, the Lord thy God, decree thou shalt have no other gods before me. Exodus 23, verses 20 to 33. Behold, I sent an angel before thee to keep thee in the way and to bring thee into the place which I have prepared. Be aware of him, and obey his voice. Provoke him not, for he will not pardon your transgressions, for my name is in him. But if thou shalt indeed obey his voice, and do all that I speak, then, will, then I will be an enemy unto thine enemies, and an adversary unto thine adversaries. For mine angels shall go before thee and bring thee in unto the Am Amorites and the Hittites and the Perzites and the Canaanites and the Hivites and the Jebusites, and I will cut them off. Thou shalt, not bow, thou shalt not bow down to their gods nor serve them nor do after their works but thou shalt utterly utterly overthrow them and quite break down their images and I shall and ye shall serve the Lord your God and he shall bless thy bread and thy waters and I will take sickness away from the midst of thee there, there shall nothing cast the young nor be barren in thy land. The number of thy days I will fulfill. I will send my fear before thee. I will destroy all the people to whom thou shalt come. I will make all thy enemies turn their back unto thee. And I will send hornets before thee, which shall drive out the Hivites, the Canaanites, the Hittites from before thee. I will not drive them out from before thee in one year, lest the land become desolate, and the beasts of the field multiply against thee. By little and little I will drive them out from before thee, until thou be increased and inherit the land. And I will set my bounds 
from the Red Sea, even under the sea of the Philistines, and from the desert under the river. For I will deliver the inhabitants of the land unto your under your hand, and thou shalt drive them out before thee. Thou shalt make no covenant with them, nor with their gods. They shall not dwell in thy in thy land, lest they make thee sin against me. For if thou serve their gods, it will surely be a snare unto thee. Those two decrees superseded in the mind and in the hearts of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They remembered those decrees. They remembered those commandments that God had given. And they were resolved to heed those decrees. They were going to obey God's decree regardless to what it might cost them. They were bound and determined to do what God would have them to do. Let's read again their resolve. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego have basically told Nebuchadnezzar, we haven't got to think about this. We haven't got to give any kind of contemplation, any kind of consideration whatsoever. Nebuchadnezzar will give you our answer right now. Without any hesitation, this is what we think about what you have to say in regards to that golden idol that you have set up. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. And he will deliver us out of thy hand, O king. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. We will not do it. You set this up. You built this. This is your God. This is gold formed and shaped by men. This is an idol. This means nothing to us. The living God that delivered the children of Israel out of Egypt. That is our God. And that is all we are going to worship. That is all we're going to bow down to. That is all we are going to serve. We will not do it, Nebuchadnezzar. In no shape, form, or fashion. We're not going to do it. We're not going to do it pretentiously. We're not going to do it to appease anyone. We're not going to do it. 
Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego understood something that the Apostle Paul, or that I'm going to say Paul, I'm going to say what Luke wrote for us back in the book of Acts in the fifth chapter in verses 26 through 29 there was a matter that arose and there were some men one of them being the apostle Peter and they were kind of put in a a rock and a hard place do this, and it'll be well with you. Do not do this, it'll be hard with you. Kind of like Nebuchadnezzar told Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Acts chapter 5, beginning of verse 26, and we'll read down through verse 29. I better not read chapter 4. Chapter 5, verse 26. Then went the captains with the officers. Wait, I'm going to back up. Verse 24. Now when the high priest and the captain of the temple and the chief priest heard these things, they doubted of them wherever they, they would grow. Then came one and told them, saying, Behold, the men whom you put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. Then went the captain with the officers and brought them unto, brought them without violence, for they feared the people, lest they should have that they should have been stoned. And when they had brought them, they set them before the council, and the high priest asked them, saying. Did not we straightly command you that you should not teach in this name? And behold, ye full, you filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood upon us. Then Peter and the others, apostles, answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than man. It's as if Peter and the other, the other apostles said, We'll not be careful to answer you, O chief priest. We ought to obey God and not you. Not man. Now this is not a license for the children of God to blatantly disobey the laws of the state government was set up by God local federal state they were set up by God for a peaceful existence in the world but when those laws when those edicts when those commands demand that we cease to preach Christ when we demand when they demand that we worship other gods we've got to take a stand and say we'll not be careful to answer you in this matter we ought to obey God rather than man we will not worship the idols that you have set up 
To be careful means to give it any consideration, to think about it, or dwell on it very long. Neither one of those two parties, those groups, centuries apart, have the same answer to the same question. We ought to obey God rather than man. We, know we will not worship. We will not serve. We will not pay homage to the image that you have built up. We will not honor. We will not obey the commandment to cease to preach Christ to a dying, a dead and dying world. We're going to continue to, continue to do it. At whatever the cost. Now they knew that when they refused, when they did not pay homage to this figure that Nebuchadnezzar had set up, that it could very likely lead to their death in a fiery furnace. And I don't know about you, But I think burning alive getting one of the most painful and miserable deaths that a person could endure. I thought I was going to drown one day about 90 feet of water and I couldn't see to get up. And I actually thought that I'm going to die right here on the bottom of this, this lake 90 feet down. And that bothered me. But nothing like the idea of burning in a fiery furnace. And some people called me crazy, but I kept going back in that lake and swimming in and diving in it for several years. I was afraid of dying once, but I didn't worry about it once I got past it. But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, whatever you got to bring it bring it on. We'll endure it if need be. But these three had a confidence. They said, our God whom we serve, he is able to deliver us. And he will deliver us. Out of thine hand. He can deliver us and he will deliver us. Why? Because Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego understood something. Their God was not limited by anyone or by anything. There's nothing that God can not do. There's nothing impossible with God. Luke gives a little picture of that truth. In the book of Luke, the 18th chapter, the 27th verse, Luke chapter 18, and verse 27, out of the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, out of his mouth, and he said, the things which are impossible with men are possible with God. 
things that you think are impossible, God can do. Because there's nothing impossible with God. So old King Nebuchadnezzar will not do it. We are confident that God can and God will deliver us. We are confident he's able to deliver us. And Nebuchadnezzar, we are resolved that we will not pay homage to you or your image, whatever the cost. We will not do it. Nebuchadnezzar, it ain't going to happen. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego resolved. They were confident. But in their resolve and in their confidence, there was a submission. They were submitted to the will of God, whatever that will might be. Because you will notice in verse 18, I spoke to you earlier this morning about that word, but, and how much I dislike it in most cases, or in many cases. But in verse 18, it says, but if not, remember verse 17 said, he is able to and he will deliver us. Oh, but Nebuchadnezzar, understand something. If he does not, it may not be his will to deliver us from your hand, O Nebuchadnezzar. Be that as it may, we will not serve thy gods nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. They were submissive to God's will whatever the cost. Job declared in Job chapter 13 and verse 15 Though he slay me yet will I serve him? Will I love him? Will I worship him? Will I be his servant, his child? Will I not turn my back on him? We get the idea sometimes that the will of God is for everything to always be well with us. We get in our minds sometimes that God is just going to make everything rosy and nothing bad is going to happen. Nothing wrong is going to happen to us. It's not true. Sometimes the people of God can seem to have a worse time than anyone else. At least that's how it seems to us. The will of God goes far beyond our understanding. It goes far beyond our ability to grasp the full import of it and the full ramifications of it. But we must be submissive to God's will. We must be resolved to honor and follow and obey his decrees. 
we must be confident in his abilities to take care of every situation. And we must be submissive to his will. The Lord Jesus Christ typified this in a way that I don't think anyone, any, of us, any of us would ever have to. In the book of Matthew, chapter 6. Matthew, chapter 6, I want us to notice verses 9 and 10. After this manner, therefore pray ye, Our Father, which art, in heaven, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Another place our Lord declares the necessity of submission to God's will. Mark chapter 14 verses 32 through 36 Mark chapter 14 beginning in verse 32 Christ is in Gethsemane they tell the disciples you sit here while I or pray. Verse 31 says, And he and he take he taketh with him Peter and James and John, and began to be sore amazed and to be very heavy. He's looking forward to in a few days his crucifixion. Something he had known he was going to have to deal with for 30 some years of his life. He knew it was coming. Now it is drawing very near. And it became very heavy. There's a part of the Lord Jesus Christ that we don't often give sufficient thought to. And that's his humanity. Jesus of Nazareth came to the world just like we do. He was born just like we were. But he wasn't conceived like we were. But his humanity took no pleasure in pain. It took no pleasure in the hurt. And I do not believe I'm doing any injustice to the Lord Jesus Christ when I say that at this time he is very well concerned about what he is about to endure. Verse 34 says, And saith unto them, My soul is seeding sorrowful unto death. Tarry ye here and watch. And he went forward a little, when he went far, forward a little, he fell on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, 
All things are possible unto thee. Take away this cup from me, nevertheless, not what I will, but what thou wilt. You know, these are not empty words on the part of our Lord Jesus Christ. These are not empty words that are just said for our benefit. These were the groanings and the anguish of a human that is about to die and he knows how he's going to do it. He knows he is going to have to endure on that cross. And he says, take this cup from me. If it is possible, if there's some other way, let's do this another way. Do not make me have to go to the cross. Abba Father all things are possible unto thee take away this cup from me I believe the Lord was agonizing over this thing greatly and when he besought the Father to take that cup from him he meant it Jesus of Nazareth meant it when Jesus of Nazareth made that statement he immediately followed up that statement with this one nevertheless not what I will but what thou wilt that's what we need we need that submission that no matter what the will of God is. Whatever he sends our way, we deal with it, we endure it, we complete it. We need resolve. We need confidence. We need submission. We need to submit to the will of God because he is God he is our Lord our master our savior and our creator Let's see.